Welcome to the C3 Silicon Valley Church Podcast. Senior pastors Adam and Kira Smalcom are so excited to share this message with you and believe that God will speak to you through it. Here at C3SV, we know that God has the best in store for you today and every day. We're going to continue in our Paradox series. And um, has, have we been enjoying the series? I think it's been pretty powerful. Some of the most... Um, profound truths and things that have changed my world have been the most simple things. And so today we get to explore Romans chapter 8, 38 through 39, and it talks about the love of God. And we can so often fob that off. Oh yeah, the love of God, we know we love Him. But it is so deep. It's not a wussy kind of love. It's a rich, deep, pursuing kind of love. And it's the love that we're going to have a look at today. But I love this series, A Paradox. See, A Paradox is defined as a seemingly self-contradictory statement or declaration, but it is in fact truth. And you know, I love Paul. Who loves Paul? Man, he had so many incredible revelations. In in Romans chapter 8, we get to unpackage all of those. You know, did you know he wrote half of the New Testament? That's how much revelation that he had. It was incredible. Paul saw more persecution than most of us will ever see. And you know, I think for those of us who face trial and sickness and hardships, Paul is a perfect example that God can use us in the midst of those. He had more opposition, yet he achieved more than any of the others, right? And so um, I just think it's a powerful testament and an encouragement for us this morning to know that, hey, I might be walking through some stuff, but God wants to use me anyway, that in my weakness, He is made strong. Come on, Paul was a paradox in and of himself. In his weakness, God made him strong. I am a perfect candidate for that. I don't know about you. Anyone else have weakness here in their world? Or am I the only one? Weakness. Oh my goodness. God has a good, you know, deal to do with me. But, um, but you know, that's encouraging. I love as we come around the Word today. Um, I know God's going to encourage you this morning. Uh, it says this in um, Romans chapter 8, verse 38 through 39. You know, we started out the chapter actually talking about... Um, no condemnation. Do we remember Pastor Adam's drawings? Right. So this is kind of a paradox in and of itself. Terrible drawing, but makes a perfect, it gets stuck in your head. You can't ever forget it. So anyways, but, but, it, but we learn a lot. No condemnation, right? So for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, if you're here today and you are not in a relationship with Jesus, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of this message to make that decision. But today, you know, we talk about condemnation. You know how we feel that condemnation in life. For those of us who have entered into a relationship with Jesus, we are now no longer in condemnation or under condemnation. We are on a journey of discipleship. It's not a journey of perfection where we go from you know, perfection to perfection. Uh, Sometimes we face opposition. Sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we fall. But that doesn't take us out of our walk with God. That's just part of the discipleship process where we're becoming more and more like Him. And so we pick up, we started out in what was no condemnation. And now we come to the conclusion of the end of this chapter with no separation. 
And I've got to tell you, I'm excited about that, that nothing can separate me from my relationship with God, that His love is so for me that nothing in this world could separate us. So uh, where we pick up in verse 38, it says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. You know, Paul could have stopped there. He could have just made that statement and not even expounded upon it. But, you know, sometimes we we hear the word nothing and we think it doesn't really mean nothing. You know, like you go to H&M and you you buy one and you get one free. Well, the one that was free wasn't really nothing, was it? You paid something for it. You know, and so in this world, and maybe in that day and age to Paul's audience, nothing kind of, you know, left an elusive thought in their mind that maybe there were things that could still pull us away from God's love. Yet God, he, uh, Paul expounds upon it here and he says, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, come on, nor our fears about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell itself can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> that, yeah. What a powerful scripture. So the question, we've been asking a few questions in this series and trying to answer them. So our question that we're going to tackle today is, if nothing can separate us from God's love, then why do I feel like everything is? Why do I feel like everything is trying? Why do I feel like everything can? So I think I need God to help me with this one this morning. So why don't we just pray, Father, I just thank You for every man and every woman here. Father, I thank You for Your revelationary Word, that it would uh, bring revelation deep in within our hearts. Lord, a, a stronger conviction and an assurance of You and Your love will be produced. That will be the outcome. As we walk out of these doors today, we will know, we will be assured of Your love like never before. Father, that it have the transforming power to change the way we think, the to change the way we live, to change our future. And I just thank you, Father, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. So uh, I think of um, love in kind of a form of a bit of a paradox because, you know, love is so beautiful and takes you on the highest highs, but it can flick you to the lowest lows. Anybody, you know, can relate to that. So um, we, uh, we did our relationship series and I shared a little bit about uh, Pastor Adam and my getting together and our first kiss. I don't know. Did I share about the first kiss? No. So, so anyway, he had pursued me for three years. Three years he had pursued me. He didn't make it that clear that he was pursuing me. He got so into the friend zone and... It got into the point where he had to bust out of that friend zone. So he had to do something extreme and I was on my way to China for a missions trip. So he thought he would just write the everything out, all the things in his heart and he would put it on paper and he would give it to me. And so he he stopped me before I got on the plane. He said, don't read this until you get on the plane. And I'm like, okay. So open it up and it's got how much he loves me and like I love you and big writing at the bottom of it. it was super romantic but then for two weeks two weeks no social media people 
We've been married almost 12 years. Facebook didn't even exist then. Can you imagine? That's why it took him so long to pursue me. It took him three years to get to know me. He couldn't just stalk me on Facebook like half of you guys do. You know, it takes three minutes to get to know someone these days, huh? And I know you girls checking out those beach bodies on, you know, all the beach pics. Like, you kind of know what you're getting. He had to wait till we had like a youth uh, pool party to see what, you know. <laughs> Just keeping it real, people. But... <laughs> But you know, I got back. He was the first person I called. We ended up, um, you know, finding our way to the beach. We were sitting in the car together. It was the first time we were ever alone and had that awkward silence. And, you know, we used to play this thing uh, where he would say, what are you thinking? And you'd have to say the first thing off the top of your head. So I was like, actually, I was thinking about what you were thinking. And he's like, oh. And so he's like, okay, well... I just was really thinking about how much I really wanted to kiss you. And I'm like, hurry up and do it already. <laughs> so, so we had our first kiss, which was awesome. And then he looks at me because he wants to make it official, right? So he's like, so we're dating now, aren't we? Like we're an item. And I'm like, nope, I do this with all my friends. <laughs> and as I watched the colour drain from his face... True story. I don't know how I got so witty in that moment. But I know, but you know what? It was such a euphoric moment of like, I have fallen in love. So I floated home, floated out of bed the next day. I actually, you know, got up the next morning. My dad was looking at me in horror as I put, we used to put bread in the freezer. Freezer, I don't know why it keeps it fresher. It's weird. But we would put the bread in the freezer. Anyway, this morning I put the toaster in the freezer and I put the bread in the cupboard and I walked out of the room. That was the effect that he had on me. But, but you know what? It came to a quick low because for some odd reason, he just forgot to call me the next day. No phone call. I know. I even asked him last night, why didn't you call me? He goes, must have been something super important on that day. He can't even remember. So, but you know what? The highs and lows of love is what I wanted to highlight. You know, we, we have, that's why I said all of that, by the way. <laughs> there is one thing that we dread and that's suffering. But in this earth, the two are deeply and inevitably linked, love and suffering, <laughs> You know, we are, it's, it's a paradox. We love, when we fall in love, we are forever going to be, you know, in experiencing that suffering. But, um, you know, a lot of the times our experiences in this life of love are limited. So, you know, we live in a transient world. The sun rises and the sun sets. People are born and then they die. Love does not transcend through time and space for the here and now, for the married couple. You know, when we uh, get married, we say till death do us part, right? Because there's a time frame on when we are engaged in that love affair. But the love of God doesn't have time frames attached to it. So when we go to filter the love of God, sometimes it's flawed by our experiences. Sometimes it's flawed by the things that we grew up with or our exposure to what love is. 
So Paul's just kind of going to unpackage this for us so that we can get a deeper revelation of what God's love is really like. Because I don't know about you, but I grew up in a home and my parents divorced at five and every one of my father's siblings, every one of my mother's siblings, my grandparents, all generations, every single one of them are divorced. So for me, love had love could be there one day and gone the next. It had highs and lows. He loves me, he hates me. You know, like those daisies that you see, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. That was my experience of love. But God's love is so vast that it reaches to every person across the face of the planet, whoever was and whoever will be and whoever exists right now. And so it's hard for our tiny hearts to contrast this kind of love because, you know, when, let's be honest, it's hard just to love our family sometimes and, you know, our friends and immediate people around us, let alone everyone. God's love is so broad, yet it's so individual and specific. You know, Paul was exposed to all the same disappointments of love that you and I are, but he had an unshakable faith in confidence in God's love. And so I want to take a look at that because Paul pushed out the limitations of his life and he did some incredible things because he knew God's love, because he lived out of a motivation of love, not for love. So this morning, we're going to take a look at that. You know, he did not fear the tangible hardships of life or the unseen fears that creep into our natural minds. I don't know about you, but when we think of, um, you know, dying, some of us think, will I wake up on the other side? Or, you know, what if I do not wake up on the other side? Will God's love be on the other side? What does that look like? And, you know, Paul was just awesome because he knew that people were having these thoughts. He says, I am convinced that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, there are a few different versions on that. I am convinced that I am persuaded beyond doubt is the amplified. I am sure I am completely convinced. One version says, I have come through a process of persuasion to the settled conclusion He's, I stand convinced. You know, uh, it seems unintelligent these days to be so, totally sold out on anything. You know, it's like, oh, there's so many different um, things that we could take from and draw from and so much information out there. And it's not PC to be absolute about anything, but there are some absolutes in the Kingdom of God. And God wants us to be sure and He wants us to be convinced about some of these things. One of them is our salvation. You can be sure of your salvation. If you have confessed that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour, you can be sure that you are saved. You know, the other thing is God's unfailing love. God wants us to be sure of His love. He wants you to know that He loves you beyond any measure that you could possibly fathom, that nothing you could do or say could ever change His love for you. That doesn't give us license, but it gives us liberty. Amen? You know, Paul had a heart persuasion. 
Okay, it was a persuasion of his heart. It was a conviction of his heart. There was something about his mind and his conscience and his heart and his whole being that knew exactly what he was saying. I am convinced of the love of God. You know, there have been times in my life and I'm sure there've been times in yours where you have been convinced of something. And you know, it's like a knowing in your spirit. I just, I, there's no proof of the outcome, but I know that I know that I know that is what I'm meant to do. And one of those things was moving here to start this church. You know, we had never, I had never stepped foot in the US. I'd never travelled here. And we had had our launch of C3 Church uh, San Jose at the time. We changed the name to Silicon Valley. And we had, we were raising finances and I had never been to this country. But I had always known that there was something of my future there. I had always had a love for the people here. I just knew when Adam said to me, we're going to go to Silicon Valley, we're going to go to San Jose, I was like, yep, okay, let's do it. And you know, one of the business guys in our church, he just grabbed hold of us and he said, you know what, I love your faith, but I'd really love to send you over on a preview trip. So he ended up sending us over for two weeks and we picked our girls' school. But I was convinced in that moment. You can be convinced of things in life and things to do with God. You know, there are there are things in this life that God wants us to have an assurance in. And, you know, I think it's important that Paul expounds upon the nothing. We're going to take a look at the things that, you know, he brings up in the Scripture. He says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I think that he's highlighting this because he wants us to know that nothing can, that these things that do oppose us, that make us feel like we're away from God, are actually powerless. That God is far greater, His love is far greater, and that these things pale in comparison to the love of God. I believe that God wants to put a convinced on the inside of you today, just like Paul and just like me. I know that I know that I know that God loves me. That's what gives me a confidence and a boldness to stand up and preach about His incredible love, that it's real and that it's tangible, that you can feel it right here, right now, today, and you will feel it in eternity. You know, God wants uh, you to have a confidence in your spirit about His love. You know, Paul takes these extreme conditions. I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of an all or nothing kind of girl. I know, I'm sorry. So when we get in the car, I crank the heat up because it's freezing cold. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, quick, turn it down again. I've got the window down, my head out the window because it's like, you know, too hot and I feel like I'm going to faint. And it drives my husband crazy. But there are parallels and there are, you know, these um, extremes in life that Paul wants to highlight with us. He says, the existence of death and life cannot keep us from the love of God. You know, the existence of death, if, if anything could take us out of the love of God, it could quite possibly be death. Paul puts this one first and he says, you know what? No way. Christ holds us through death. He holds us through the fear of dying. You know, um, actually, uh, I found a stat. 68% of uh, US, the US population fear death. Did you know that? So over half. But surprisingly, 74% of people in the USA fear public speaking. So if you're wondering what was worse than dying, public speaking, apparently. <laughs> But 
But I was kind of thinking to myself, why do people fear death? Maybe they fear it for what might come after, or maybe they fear it for what might not come after. And the horror of dying, do you know it's actually annihilated through the cross? It's annihilated through the cross. God has preceded, He's made a way that death will have no hold on us. The sting of death is gone and that we can be assured of God's love on the other side. You know, uh, life has, uh, you know, you kind of think, well, why would life be a bad thing? Well, you know, um, some people, as much as people fear death, people fear life. And so there are many things in life like persecutions and trials and you just have to get through college and high school and you'll have faced a fair few, you know, trials and, and, and persecution. You know, there are also pleasures and wealth and contentment that can keep us uh, at times, well, could potentially keep us from the love of God. But what he is saying is that none of these things can keep us from the love of God. Nothing in this life can stop God from loving us. No situation, no circumstance. God has set His heart towards us and not even death or life itself can change that fact. And so then he continues and he says, well, if death and life can't take out the love of God, then maybe created intelligence, intelligences can. Maybe angels or demons can, you know, those higher um, beings. Uh, but you know what? Both good angels and bad angels, the Bible calls them principalities and powers. And, you know, the good angels, they actually will not separate us from the love of God because they work on God's behalf. And the demons, they shall not separate us from the love of God. And as Christians, sometimes we get a bit all spooky about this, you know, like, oh, there are greater powers that work in the earth. Yeah, there are, but none are greater than our God. God, the Creator, they are created beings. We can rest assured that the good angels are engaged friends and the bad angels are restrained enemies. And when we are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, He's going to look after us and nothing can separate us from the love of God. Paul also takes the extremes of time. He says, you know, our fears for today and our worries for tomorrow. You know, we will live within the confines of time right now. But there will come a time and on the other side where eternity will set in. And you know what? God's love is twisted in with both things present and things to come. You can be assured that He is with us today and He is there on the other side. Revelations 1.8, I love it because it says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who was, who is and who is to come. I am the Almighty One. Paul also covers the extremes of space, height and depth. You know, uh, there is no power in the sky above or in the earth below. You know, it's encouraging to know that no dimensions of any kind can separate us from the love of God. He's just reiterating that for all of us, uh, you know, who are like super spiritual about, you know, oh, demons, angels. He's like, no power in the sky above and no power in the earth below can take us out from the love of God. He investigates the created universe. You know what? If that's not enough that he's listed all of those things, he goes on to say that nothing in all creation, let's just blanket this, nothing in all creation 
is going to keep you from the love of God. You know, there, uh, there, we have the ability, ability as human beings to conjure up trouble and disaster without limit within our minds. But this word gives us peace that no created thing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Each and every one of these were examined by Paul. And you know, there is, we do not need to fear any of them. You know, often we filter the love of God through the conditional love that we've experienced. You know, when I first surrender my life to God, when I first came into relationship with Him, I found that His grace was sufficient for my salvation, but I didn't see it as sufficient to sustain me in my walk with God. And some of us come into a relationship with God and we experience His salvation and His love. And then it goes to trying to work that out, walk that out. And it becomes something in our lives and we don't intentionally do it, whereby we just are trying to work it out. We're trying to prove to God, you know, hey, if I do this and if I do that, if I pray like that person, if I dress like her, then maybe I'll be right in your sight. And it becomes about works. But the love of God is not to be pursued that way. He has already pursued us with His love. You know, I used to think that, um, you know, it, it was about me pursuing God. But you know what? As much as I pursued God, He already pursued me. It's the revelation that, you know, our worship team had with that song. You know, He's already, His love has beckoned me. You know, we found life here. You know, I'm not even going to try. No, definitely not. You do not want to hear that. But, you know, a big part of the reason that I did not realise that Adam was pursuing me when we were when in those three years that he was making hints and trying to get my attention was because I had disqualified myself from his love. I was like, he wouldn't, no, we're friends. He wouldn't like a girl like me. And I had disqualified myself from it. You know, there wasn't a day that he didn't love me. There wasn't a day that he didn't pursue me. There wasn't a day that it didn't grow. But in me, I had disqualified myself. Do you know that sometimes we do that with God? That there is not a day that He doesn't pursue you. There's not a day that He doesn't fall more in love with you. But sometimes for whatever reason, because we feel unworthy, we disqualify ourselves from the love of God. And we remove ourselves from this process. But today I feel like God is just going to grab some hearts. Today that revelation is going to come to your heart of hearts. That by some beautiful moment in the next couple of minutes when we are, when we begin to stand and, and pray and intercede on your behalf, that there is going to be a capturing of your heart. That there is going to be a conviction like a steel rod, like, you know, standing in your spirit where you know that you know the love of God. You know, His love is unfailing. His love is so vast. It is so deep. Whatever our difficulties, whatever our weaknesses, whatever our infirmity, we can remain steadfast in God. You know, God has given us the ability to gain in our losses. How good is He? Just like Paul, He gained in His losses. He succeeded in His failures and He triumphed in His defeats. And just like Paul did that, you and I can do that. Because here's the thing. We will, um, for many of us, we will experience, there will be many things, many natural things and many supernatural things that will attempt uh, to convince us that we are separated from the love of God. 
Okay, that's just the reality of it. And Paul knows this. Paul knows this, that's why he's highlighting this for us. And he says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. But, but you know, it can appear that way. It can appear that way. But the truth today is that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. You know, the Scripture is actually really talking about power. It's talking about the power of our God. It's talking about the Creator of heaven and earth and that He has set His heart towards you and nothing can ever stop that. No created being, no created thing will ever be able to stop the love of God entering your world. He's reminding us that we are more than conquerors. Do you know to have the Creator God on the inside of you at work within you to work out these things in life, these trials, these situations that you face, it gives me so much confidence to know that He's with me, to know that I can conquer these things with Him. We are more than conquerors. And to be honest, we need to think less about the power over us and around us and more about the power of God that is at work on the inside of us. You know, to get that strength in our spirit because my heart is to see men and women who know how to read their Word, men and women who are strong in their faith, men and women who are gonna take on the adversities of life, men and women who are gonna push through, men and women who are gonna preach the Word of God because when you have a conviction in your spirit of God's love, you can't help but keep that to yourself. You have to get it out. You have to share it. You have to give it away because His love is so beautiful and so great and has such a transforming power that it'll take you from the frozen chosen to the Almighty, we're going to praise You, lift my hands, just like a David, you know, just like a David. You know, David, he he didn't see a giant. The Israelite army saw a giant. David saw a target that couldn't be missed a target that was way too big to miss. And he knew that his father was for him. He knew God was for him. Do you know what? I think if we really had a revelation of the love of God, then we would do things way different. We would step out of our comfort zone. We would move countries. We would plant churches. We would rise up. We would do things out of the ordinary that aren't things that we would normally do within our own personal shy characteristics because the greatness of God is at work on the inside of us. And you know, Paul had this confidence. My prayer is today that you would have a revelation of the unstoppable, of the unshakable love of God because really the only thing stopping His love from entering our world might be us. Nothing else, nothing else. You know, I even find it so amazing that the day that I got saved, that He pursued me. (laughs) I will never forget that moment in His presence. I will never forget what He began to do and work out in through my life from that day. Thank you for listening to today's message. We trust you heard from God and that you're more encouraged, more refreshed, and more in love with Jesus than you were before. If you ever find yourself in the Bay Area, we'd love for you to come and attend a service. For more information about C3SB, please visit www.c3sb.org.